Hello, you're watching OBBM Business Roundtable. My name is Susan Hamilton, and I'm here today with my third episode, very important discussion, with James Lockridge, owner of Grassland Mowing and Commercial Farming. Hello, James. Thank you so much for joining me again. Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm doing well, but you've gone through quite a bit since our last discussions. I have. I uh, done been to court, got some citations, lost in court, and... Uh, you know, watching a city take advantage of the farming and ranching industry again. Well, we need to talk about it because a lot of times our, the community is unaware of all the things that are going on with the, the very real effects that they're going to see on their kitchen table. Yep. You know, that's going to happen. Um, so when let's, let's back up a little bit. You had uh, a, a charge. You just recently went to court for something that happened quite a while ago. Do you want to set the stage and tell us what happened? Yeah, in uh, July of last year, uh, I got citations from code compliance in the city, and uh, they uh, got me for illegal advertisement. They got me for storage of a trailer full of hay and feed. And uh, then they got me for illegal parking out in my field and uh, started writing all those citations up. Um, they ranged anywhere from $2,000 to $305. So that's all, that's illegal advertising? Supposedly. Well, let's talk about that. So I buy used semi-trailers uh, because the cities won't let us build barns without going through all of the drawings and, and it's just not worth it. So we bought semi-trailers um, that have been taken out of commission and we use them for storage. We park them out in the middle of the field, uh, fill them full of hay during the summer and feed. And then during the winter time when we have to hay and feed, we, uh, we use that trailer so we don't have to drive 40 miles across town to get the, the feed and hay. So uh, this has been going on for years. I've been doing it since 2000. It's never been an issue. Um, now recently, because I have made the city so mad by fighting back, um, the one city that did this has retaliated against me and called landowners and made some falsifying remarks to landowners trying to get me run off the property. And so it's just been an ongoing issue for the last year and I'd say 14 months. Well, so the, the illegal advertising comes from the name on the side of the trailer that was there when I bought it. <laughs> okay. So, but that's uh, illegal to have your name on the side of a trailer on the property you're farming. That is correct. So, so supposedly. How are you supposed to get your work? So is it a matter of code compliance where they have a certain way they want you to do signage? That, that is correct. They told me that uh, if I park my pickup on the side of the road with my name on it and they see it, that's considered illegal advertisement and they can write me a ticket for that as well. Well, I thought people drive around with the names of their company on the sides of their vehicle all the time. I've never heard of being charged uh, with illegal advertising. Well, just directly across the street from that piece of property is a semi-trailer with the billboard of an advertisement for the dirt company. It does not have a building certificate, does not have a certificate of occupancy, which I got both of those tickets and had to pay both of them. But the guy across the street didn't have to. Um, the restaurants that have trailers with their name on them parked in the parking lots, uh, I did some investigation on that. They do not have a certificate of occupancy on that trailer, nor a building permit on that trailer as well. So when I brought that up in court, the judge overlooked it and I still paid my citations. So it was uh, 
quite an interesting little event yesterday. Well, there's just so much to unpack here. I'm going to dig deep, James. I'm going to dig deep because all of these things just kind of just kept coming at you, kept coming at you. And that's, that's really what you've been dealing with for a while. Uh, from our pre- previous conversations. So, I mean, it's one thing to have all the, the other, the federal regulations, the state regulations, all the things that come on the farmer to really make it harder for you to get things done and to be very, very expensive. And it's largely so that there's only a few farmers, so that there's the large mega farms that can afford to operate in, within the compliance that they want and I, I notice across the board, of course, that's what OBBM is all about, is supporting local business and local commerce for those reasons, because in the absence of it, I think, I think we've got to set a dangerous precedent, right? That's what free America is. Can you imagine it without us? It would be tough. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in a pandemic in Texas. Um, a state representative, uh, you know, probably 2025 state representatives have all went to the AG's office and said, hey, we are in a pandemic. The the farmers and ranchers are being pushed out by the municipalities. And you're calling that the pandemic. I don't want to get that confused with the recent uh, funny business we've been dealing with oh, for yes. the last couple of years. Um, that were that uh, there's just there, that's more than we're going to cover today. But as far as um, an epidemic of corruption, it, it's a very big epidemic. Ep- ep- <laughs> Got tongue-tied there. Epidemic. Um, you know, when when I started this war 14 months ago, uh, this this was about myself. You know, I thought I was fighting one city, um, and I and I knew that it was an overreaching government. Um, but the more and more I've dug into this, and the more and more people that have contacted me, um, you know, more farmers and ranchers and individual people, I found out that this is not just one city. This is every city in the state of Texas. Um, if one city gets by with it, every city gets by with it. And, you know, it's to a point where cities in the Metroplex alone, two cities alone, have told me that Greg Abbott's law does not matter. There's no one above the city municipality. And if you really dig deep enough like I have, you find out that the municipalities run this, this state. It's not our, our Texas capital. The municipalities set their own rules, do what they want, and they don't care what the government has to say. And so until we start holding the municipalities accountable for taking our freedom away, we're not, we're not gonna go anywhere. We're That's gonna... interesting, that's interesting. I think you know, we, do need, we need to be paying so much close attention. I tell, I tell you all the time to make sure that you're going to your city council meetings and your school board meetings and participate. And it's awkward and it's long and all those things can be really, really big challenges. But by the time that you need support, if you're not doing that, you're gonna end up not knowing the, pro- the situation, the protocol, who to talk with, who's in charge of what, and who is, who's got your back, if yeah. anyone, right? Because a lot of times you don't have anybody that is saying, wait a minute, this is a, this is a citizen, this is a constituent, and I should honor what their voice says. I mean, across the board, it's, it's you only have so many minutes to speak and that gets shorter and shorter and shorter, you know, and you, you really don't, but if, unless you go, you don't know what that's all about. Of course, you've got to limit speech in, in the, the meetings. Yep. There's so many people that have something to say, but you've got to be listening to the people that have something to say. And that's the problem today. Um, our, our municipalities have quit listening to the people. It's all about um, filling their pockets or what I would call lining their pockets. 
Um, you know, it, and it's about holding our state representatives and our senators and our governor accountable. Well, when we talk about lining pockets, let's just re recap. If you haven't seen the last video, and I will have a link in the description box below, you can find this on on uh, YouTube and Rumble. Uh, really, we do more promotion on Rumble. Uh, but you'll be able to find that information, and we'll link to the prior episodes. But you described to us how um, it, it, that land is worth more in the hands of a developer than it is in the hands of a farmer, as far as the municipality is, is concerned. That, that is correct. Um, so the town of Farmers Branch, City Farmers Branch, was where I started my war. The week before Christmas, a week after Christmas, I won that war. Uh, Farmers Branch has now took all their code compliance laws against agricultural crop and reduced them to nothing. Oh, and yay. so now I only have a 10-foot perimeter that belongs to the city that I have to maintain, which is against a state law. The cities can't ask a landowner to maintain their easements and right-of-ways. Um, uh, and I had been talking to Farm Bureau about it and uh, talking to uh, Angela Paxton about it, you know, and, and a lot of other state reps. I can't even tell you how many, but, um, you know, they're, they're forcing landowners to do things that they're supposed to do and costing the landowners money, it, not just farmers and ranchers, but every landowner. You know, I'm just a farmer and a rancher leasing land or our own land, whatever the case may be. And, you know, they're, they're taking money out of our pockets, not out of the city's pockets, but out of ours, and then still charging us taxes to maintain that city. Now, that's a heck of a business plan, if you ask me. Wouldn't that be interesting if we all ran our businesses like that? Well, in the local business playing field, we're not. Uh, we've got more to talk about when we come back right after these messages. To the Health Engineer Show, I'm Kurt Bukoy, the health engineer right here on the Offbeat. Hi, I'm Larry Cortamp, and this is Big. Hi, my name is Susan Hamilton, and you're watching Offbeat. Hi, this is Doreen Milano. Welcome to Big Ideas Small Business, where we will talk to Gary Arjala. What is the role of American government anyway? Is the role of government to decide where I can go and where I can't? Is the role of government to work tirelessly to destroy vital infrastructure that keeps goods and services from my customers? Is the role of government to choose who can drive, fly, or ride according to mandated stipulations that threaten my body, health, mind, and conscience? Without medical freedom legislation in place, our rights and freedoms are one vote away from being dissolved. Individually, change is improbable, but as an aggregate, attainable. It's time to act with one voice. My voice. And my voice. And my voice. And my voice. To protect our freedom, creating one voice that cannot be ignored. This requires your voice too. Your voice, your feet, your vote, not just at the ballot box, but training to be a poll watcher, precinct chair, judge, or early ballot counter, so you are doing all you can to protect the fairly counted American vote. Move Freely America. Go to movefreelyamerica.org to find a chapter near you. Plug in, donate, and help our legislators defend our God-given rights under the Constitution. Move Freely America. Because my voice and my voice, together with your voice, we're one voice that cannot be ignored. Donate today. MoveFreelyAmerica.org. And we're back. I'm here with James Lockridge, and we're learning about what's going on with farmers in the, our municipalities because they are there, folks, and this is really, really important. Um, so let's back up just a little bit. We talked about the, the illegal advertising, and we talked about the uh, certificate of occupancy, right? So 
so at some point, 14 months ago, yes, that you ended up with all these all these fines. Correct. And they and you're going, wait a minute, this is wrong. I have all this precedent for, and it's clear, right? I mean, you don't. It's black and white. Very. It's very clear uh, how that how that looks. Anybody listening, right? I mean, you, you get that, don't you? I mean, you don't want the nuisance of of unmanaged property. But if you understand what's going on in that property, and especially if it's clearly marked, I would think if it's clearly marked, that's even better <laughs> than if it's not. If it's just sitting out there and you don't know, uh, is it just mismanaged, ignored? Uh, but it looks to me like we have a predatory environment here where that land pounds. And you're talking about how the school districts will often come out and look at the property. They want to know how they can... Uh, manage the the dollars how, how can they get their hands on that how can they tax it well and it's 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 very simple I mean you have appraisal districts now that are bowing down to the to the city municipalities I mean you have city managers calling appraisal districts and saying hey we're gonna take 150 feet of this land don't don't deny the degree of intensity because we need that setback um, so now we got the municipalities now telling the appraisal districts what to do we now have the school districts that have found loopholes to where they can say, okay, degree of intensity on this piece of property wasn't met because the city made a mow 150 foot perimeter. So now we're- so They're kind of working together. Pretty pretty much working because the school, if you look at the taxes, the city doesn't get a lot of the taxes. Um, the school district does. Now the city gets their fair share, don't get me wrong, but the school district inherits the most tax yeah. that comes back. Sure. So, you know, it, it's a constant battle um, you know, now we have uh, municipalities telling the state what to do. Now we have them to saying that they don't have to listen to the state. And so it's just a constant back and forth. You can change a law here to cover up a law here, and then the city will find a loophole to get through it. And then now the, now the appraisal district can say, okay, well, only farm 51% will give you ag on the rest of it. Well, if you're going to tell the city that, then you need to honor that with every farmer and rancher. And I have an email from an appraisal district that said, hey, as long as they farm 51% of the property, we'll grant the ag on everything else. So if the appraisal district's gonna say that to a city so they can have a setback or take our land away from us, then fine, give me the land, give me the ag exemption on everything. You know, if I don't farm 51% of it, if I farm 51%, I'll have to farm the rest. Well, just give me the ag on the rest of it, you know, no matter what the circumstances are. I'll farm 51% of 200 acres. Well, then you give me the ag exemption on the rest of it because that's what you're telling the city you're gonna do. So why is that not fair to the, the landowners and to the farming and ranching community? You know, why should you make us jump through hoops to hit the degree of intensity? The, okay. de the degree of intensity is based upon boundary to boundary to boundary of the property. That's what it's supposed to be based off of according to the state law. Um, you know, and that goes as far as a crop or cattle. You know, they even tell you how many cows you can have on your, your property at this certain area of Texas. So South Texas, it might be one cow to every 2,000 acres, or up here it might be one cow to every four acres. So it just depends on the, the area of Texas that you're in that the appraisal district has set these number of head of cattle you have to have on or the uh, production of that crop at that time. It may be 70 bushels to the acre of wheat up here, and it may be 10 in South Texas or East Texas, just depends on that area of the of Texas. So, um, you know, the one thing that really upsets me is uh, 
we have a lot of state reps and senators that are really jumping on board. Um, I went to the Capitol um, to meet Greg Abbott. I still haven't met him. He had blowed me off. Um, Ken Paxton, I got in touch with his office. Same thing, the guy blew me off out of the Capitol, but now that I've gotten a lot of help from a lot of state reps and, and senators, um, you know, I got to talk to Ken Paxton and uh, he says he's going to work on an opinion letter to give an opinion to try to stop this. Wow, does an opinion do that? It doesn't, but it does get me closer to getting a law passed in the executive session um, that is being written right now by um, some state reps and some lawmakers. Um, so we do have that at the point going on, but today alone, just the municipalities are just killing every farmer and rancher and every landowner by all of these nuisance laws and actions. Yeah, that wasn't the end of the nuisance issue because you just went to court. Just went to court you yesterday. You just went to court and you had an interesting thing happen there because you got to see firsthand uh, how the judge behaved when you when you pled your case. The images that um, I, that was presented to the court that I presented, the um, state did not present anything. Um, they took the word of a code compliance officer, which which lied in court, just blatantly lied to the judge um, by saying that the driveway and the road was gone, and it's very clearly in the picture there today. And even with her lying on the stand they still sided with her. And it was only because the judge went off the record and asked the bailiff to, um, I'm gonna say talk to the city to see if this was legit. So that's, that's kind, of a, kind of a different uh, feel that I would have got from a judge. Um, I didn't know the city had jurisdiction to tell a judge what they could and couldn't do. And we'll be right back with more from James Lockridge. Hi, welcome to Heroes in Action. I'm Ray Amanat, founder and creator of this training system. I originally made it so that everyone can train for free. We have programs for kids, for women, families, and businesses. I'm an author, speaker, and educator on everything that has to do with violence and bullying prevention education. If you'd like more information about who we are and what our programs are, please go to our website at heroesinaction.us or give me a call if you have any questions at 727-314-2534. We hope to see you here to train. And we're back. I hope you are enjoying this conversation that we're having. I'm hoping that is causing you to raise some eyebrows and really think about, okay, what do we need to do here? And is this happening in my community? Uh, so you've got the egg code on your side. You've got the, the Farm Bureau and you've got represent, representatives. Uh, you, you need to get the attention of the governor at this point. I do. I am, uh, so I've got a lot of state reps, a lot of senators that have understood what is going on with the municipalities. Um, uh, Angela Paxton is a very big supporter in the farming community um, in her district. And then I have talked to the Attorney General, Ken Paxton, uh, where he is uh, looking at giving an opinion. Uh, we're hoping to have it the end of this week, first part of next week, hopefully. Um, talked to uh, Lieutenant uh, 
the lieutenant governor's office, um, they're 100% on board with the law that is being drafted and do want to move forward with it. What I've been doing for about a year, even driving my tractor to Austin, trying to get Greg Abbott to say, I need to talk to you. The farmers and ranchers in the state of Texas, we want answers. We need a resolution. Um, and we're asking Greg Abbott. I mean, 200 emails, um, over 72 text messages to his office, mm. um, you know, phone call after phone call and still nothing from Greg Abbott. So my, my biggest deal today is, uh, Mr. Abbott, if you would like to come visit with me, let's sit down and let's, let's get this on and figure out what we can do to hold these uh, municipalities accountable. They shouldn't be allowed to tell um, the government that they don't have to be held accountable. Uh, we need our state government to step up and, and rein these municipalities back in. So I'm very clearly just asking Greg Abbott, meet me. Let's discuss what we're gonna do for the farming and ranching community across the state of Texas, because we are going to lose our food supply. And it will be very, very quickly. We are losing our land every day. Just in one city alone, I've lost 56 acres to code compliance nuisance actions. Oh, wow, wow. Just one city, 55, 56 acres in one city. And they don't care. One city's wanting to go to a 100-foot perimeter. So, Greg Abbott, I'm asking you again to come and meet me. Invite me to your office. Um, I'll drive to the coffee shop. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll drive my tractor to the state capitol. Again, if you want, want me to do that, whatever it takes, I want, I want to sit down with you and figure out what we can do to stop the overreach in our municipalities and, and start holding everybody accountable. The risk is great and the challenge is huge because you've got to have that protection. Yep. You've got to have that protection. Clearly, things are getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter, and you really have enough to deal with. Yep. Um, so you've just recently, I'd like you to explain to the audience before we close this show that you had to pay those fines even with this, you, instead of being able to appeal it, instead of being able to make uh, make your case heard on while you were there at court, you had to pay it. And then, so talk about the the system that you have to deal with now to have any remedy. So the, the remedy is very simple. Um, you pay the fine, um, no matter what. Um, they give you so many hours to hire an attorney, do an appeal from an attorney, which is not enough time. It takes time to hire an attorney. It takes time to, to pay the attorney, the attorney to draft up the letter. So, you know, the cities have really got it so hard to do an appeal, you can't even do an appeal anymore. You have to just pay the fine and then pray to God you can get somebody to jump in there, do the appeal real quick, and and fight the judge. Um, the and and it's just not doable. So I ended up having to pay the fines. And what'll happen is if I want my money back, I will have to literally fight the city in a, in a lawsuit to be able to get my money back. And and it's not just the the cases yesterday it's it's across the board the citations over the last four to five years that have added up it's the crops that have been mowed to the ground one city owes almost two hundred thousand dollars in mowing crops to the ground the full field to the ground and they don't have to pay back 
well, it's about time we can take some action. So as I mentioned at the top of this episode, make sure you are supporting, you get your butt to the city council meetings and your school board meetings and pay attention to how money's working, pay attention to how people are being treated when they get an opportunity to talk. All of those things matter so much and make sure your voice is heard and throw your hat in, in behind, throw your weight behind the farmers. That's the food that you are going to be consuming or not. Uh, in the very near future. So this is a big deal. James, how can someone get a hold of you to support you? Uh, They can call my cell phone or by um, text message or email. Just um, either way, I can give them an email address or I can give them a cell phone number. Um, Doesn't matter to me, but any anybody that's having the same issues that I'm having, I'm just one person. And in 14 months, one person has one against one city. I didn't get paid back for anything that I lost, uh. but I did get the law changed. The city finally caved enough to say, okay, we overstepped. But you didn't get your money back. Didn't get my money back, but I did get them to change the law. So, you know, we're, we're getting closer with one city and, and I commend Farmer's Branch after a long battle. I commend them for reaching out um, one city council member, just one, did talk to a state rep and, you know, it took, after that phone call, it took six months because the, the, the city didn't want to do anything. But it just never went away. So you, uh, one person can make a change. Stand strong, come to the table with the facts, and do it in a uh, very, very professional way. And eventually somebody will stand behind you. One person can turn into 200, and we can make an army of fighting back. Boy, those are really, really good words. Until next time, you've been watching OBB and Business Roundtable. Thanks for watching.